We are exactly halfway through a study of all the fundamental principles that we teach in the science of mind. And we're, we're trying to do this, we're trying to fit this all in, in in four months, or four weeks, I mean, four months, that's what it would really take is four months, in four weeks, by using the first four chapters in the science of mind textbook. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the thing itself, the very first chapter of this book has entirely to do with the characteristics of God, the thing itself. And so we learned that God is all wise, that God is everywhere present, that God is all powerful. And we also learned that because God is everywhere present, it means every person, every place, everything, literally we are an instrument of God. We're part of God, which is what we focused on last week. Last week we talked about the way it works, and to make a very short statement of what we covered last week, God works by working through us. Literally, we are the agents of God on this planet. Our hands, our voices, our thoughts. This is where God comes from. This is God expressing in the world. We're not all of God, but we are that unique individualization of God. So, so our thoughts are part of the larger thought. Our actions are part of the larger actions of God itself in the world. So that's what we covered last week. This week, we're going to talk about what it does. So what does God do? And in the simplest way, I can summarize this simply by saying that God reacts to our thoughts and our emotions. All right, now that's it in its simplest form, and I want to lob out a, a, a suggestion here. So, so it would be very tempting to think then that if I think of just a certain thing, it will literally appear. And in fact, I've had people come up to me before and say, wow, I've listened to a lot of your lectures, Larry. And if thoughts are that creative, if the full power of God is behind literally the thoughts I have, then why, if I sit down in a chair and I think about, I don't know, a million dollars, or sometimes I'll use the example of an elephant, uh, why, if I think of an elephant right now, and I'm picking Picturing one rather clearly, does not one just appear in the parking lot? And, and there's two ways to answer this. There's two ways to answer this. And in fact, I think if I use this example enough, Sharon's down there laughing. She's thinking maybe we should, uh, we should take a peek in the parking lot. Because I do actually believe that if I do this lecture often enough and use the example of an elephant so that literally my mind is full of elephants, a good part of my waking career, that soon I will start seeing elephants. But it doesn't work, I would say, from fleeting thoughts. So if you simply have fleeting thoughts of, of poverty or of love, if you simply have kind of random thoughts of whatever it might be, either health or disease, it doesn't really matter. If they're fleeting, they come and they go. And as many thoughts as you have about one side of an issue, you might have on the other side. And they tend to just kind of neutralize themselves. They're just trying to wash out, if you will. And so that's why when we have a specific thought, even sometimes a strong one, if it's just very specific, very fleeting, probably nothing comes from it. What we believe in the science of mind, though, is that thoughts that we hold dear to us and thoughts that we hold close in that sense of firm belief, thoughts that in our, are in our heads often, and thoughts that we have a certain emotional content that goes with it, these are the most potent and creative kinds of thoughts on the planet. 
And what we believe is that they absolutely will outpicture in our own reality. So if my thoughts are absolutely filled with love and life and abundance, that is most likely the life that I'm going to experience. And when I say this, you know, even as I'm saying it, I'm feeling a little passion around it, and that's part of that equation. If I'm thinking thoughts and I'm just real neutral, real flat about it, though they're creative, they don't have the same oomph to them. And so when we're having thoughts, when we're having ideas, when we're having thought patterns, and with them comes a sense of excitement, when with them comes that sense of, yes, this is the truth about me, it's irresistible. It's like one of those things in life that cannot be denied. And so that are the, those are the fundamental teachings of how thoughts become things, if you will, in the science of the mind. That's what we're going to focus on today. And I'm going to start where I usually end. Usually I start with a joke, and instead I'm going to start with homework today. <laughs> so last week, and forgive me, those of you who maybe weren't here last week, I assigned a specific piece of homework, and I know that everybody didn't get a chance to complete it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through the homework as I assigned it to myself, and, and this will be an illustration for you, and then you can take a look at your own homework. So what, what's the homework? All right, last week what I said was, if our thoughts are creative, if our thoughts are out-picturing as the very lives we're living right now, I, the homework assignment was, go home and think of one area in your life that is not going as well as you would like it to go. Or maybe one area of difficulty in your life. And I threw out some suggestions. Maybe there's a difficult relationship that you're in right now. Or maybe there's a, a financial trouble going on in your life right now. Or maybe you'd really like to see some changes in the areas of health in your life. I don't know. Whatever it might be. And what I wanted you to do, and what I'm still asking you to do, is literally sit down with a pad and pencil and write down your beliefs about that subject matter. And the reason why this is important is if we believe that our thoughts outpicture, right, then the outpicturing you're getting right now, the trouble you're in, the, the crisis, or, or the area where you'd just like to see some improvement in, should be an outpicturing of your thought patterns. Okay, all right, so example. This was me. It was my birthday last month, and I, of course, had the honor of having my annual checkup, and the doctor had some, shall we say, ideas for me. And so, um, <laughs> and those of you who've been to a doctor recently, right, they, have, they always have ideas for us. And so my theme that I wanted to take a look at was health and well-being, okay? And so here were my old, I'm going to call them my old beliefs that I absolutely believe are kind of producing the conditions in my life right now. Okay, so here were some of the beliefs that I wrote down when I really took a look at health in my own life. As I get older, I will get slower. Middle-aged men get soft in the middle. <laughs> Americans are always overweight. Metabolism slow down as we get older. I'm at a higher risk for heart disease and stroke because my family has a history of these. People may be living longer, but their quality of life has not improved. With age, I will inevitably experience the aches and pains and arthritis and such that come with it. And my favorite, oh, my favorite one, 
and I'm simply quoting from one of my grandparents, and I think I heard it every time I visited Grandma Gardner, it's hell to get old. <laughs> All right. Now, is it any wonder if these are my thoughts that I have around health that my doctor has some suggestions for me? Here, here is the treatment that my doctor would like. She said I need to lose 20 to 35 pounds. She said, <laughs> I want to see you as my doctor. Yeah, exactly. She says that I need to eat things that will promote better cholesterol. She says I need to exercise to strengthen my cardiovascular system. Oh, and by the way, she has some pills for me. Okay, so that was my treatment from going to the doctor. And so, I, I mean, I'm just laying it out on the line here. My beliefs are out picturing as these conditions in my, in my life, although my, neither my cholesterol nor my blood pressures are, are elevated to where it's dangerous. Nonetheless, they're in that gray area. And so these beliefs, I absolutely believe, are promoting these conditions you know, have created these conditions in my life. All right, but we're in the science of mind, right? That was the treatment, that was the course of treatment that my doctor would have us. What would be the course of treatment through changing my thoughts and ideas? All right, now here's the rub, okay? So if me just thinking that I'd like to see an elephant today isn't necessarily going to have one in the parking lot, then how simply maybe changing one of these ideas, how's that going to change my health? And I got to, you know, in the sense too, it's like, well, I could say the opposite, right? I could pick one of these. Let's see. As I get older, I get slower. That's the first one on here. I could just say the opposite. I could say, as I get older, I get um, filled with more energy. But you know what? When I say that, a little voice in my mind, it might have been that same grandma's voice, I don't know, but there's a little voice in my mind that says, yeah, in a pig's eye, <laughs> right? There's that little voice that says, well, that's fine, but you've gone, you know, 50-some years believing one set of things. How can I change that overnight? That, I think, is where our own sense of creativity and our own self-knowledge can come into play. Because if I just reverse these, if I start saying metabolism speed up as we get older, or I'm at no risk for heart disease, right? If I just negate them, they don't really ring true. But through my own creative power, what I know is there are healthy ideas, healthy suggestions in my own life that will ring true, right? And what we know is because there's the component not only of our beliefs, but also the emotions that go with it, when we absolutely believe something, when we believe it with gusto, right? So it's not only just finding the ideas that I want to change, but it's finding ones that f make me feel excited, make me feel absolutely that I can know the truth about them. So I went on with my homework to create some new beliefs for you. And what my homework is going to be for this next week, yeah, I'm getting the homework done with here, is I want you in that same area of your life, it might be health, it might be relationships, it might be a better working conditions or a job, whatever it might be, 
I want you to find new ideas that will absolutely energize you and create in you a feeling of an absolute ability to receive those things. Okay, so now here's what I did, and I want to work through this a little, and I know this is going to take a little time, but bear with me. So instead of me saying something like, uh, as I get older, I get faster, or I'm as active as I ever was, when that, those triggered that little voice, instead, in my mind, I said, I can be healthy and active at any age. Doesn't that sound like absolutely something that I can believe in? And even just when I say that, there's a sense of acceptance in my heart where those other things, my mind went, yeah, right. (laughs) Suddenly it's, yes, I can be healthy and active at every age. The other one I just love, they were interviewing some actress on TV and, uh, and and I don't know why, you know, the aging of actors and actresses in America is such an interesting topic but they were it's it's like doesn't everybody eventually get to be 50 i think so but anyway they were interviewing this woman and she said you know really life begins at 50 and i that was another one i thought oh i like that this isn't like the sunset this is the sunrise and again that was a phrase and it and it'll be different for all of you depending upon you know the area that you want to work on and 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 the issues that you're faced with but find phrases that ring true for you find ideas and thoughts in whatever every whatever area of your life you want to see improvements find those thoughts that well up in you that sense of well-being that sense of really being able to accomplish what you want i'm going to take just one more so instead of me saying i'm at an ideal weight and i'm perfectly healthy now again to me it's like well the doctor just told me quite the opposite and it's a little hard for me to just stand firmly in my truth even though i know it's true intellectually i do know that i'm perfectly healthy intellectually i know that god does not make any junk And because I am a creation of God, intellectually, I absolutely know that I am whole and perfect. And yet, when I claim that, I can't feel that same power. Because we've been trained to believe that disease is rampant, that we're in flu season, and do you know what I mean? We're trained to recognize disease. So instead for me, instead of saying something like, uh, I'm at an ideal weight and perfectly healthy, I'm saying I'm as healthy as can be and that I've never been happier. And I have this little twig of a friend. She weighs probably like 104 pounds. And we were out to dinner one night. And she, I swear to God, she ate more than I did. And I asked her about it. I said, how do you, do you eat like this all the time? She said, oh yeah. She said, I eat whatever I want and I never gain a pound. And do you know what? She said that with the authority of a judge saying, and do you know what I mean? And I was thinking to myself later, well, well, first of all, I had the fleeting thoughts of, oh, well, yeah, you weigh 102 pounds. And, you know, of course you can go around with the idea that I can eat whatever I want and I'll never give a pound. But then the truth really dawned on me. She's had this attitude her, her entire life. It isn't her body that's producing that idea. It's the other way around. It is that idea that she holds so firmly with such clarity in her mind. She can eat whatever she wants and never gain a pound. 
These are the kind of statements that when we can hold them close to us and really embody them, really accept them in our lives, know that they can be true for us, these are mercurial statements that can change absolutely the fundamental nature of what's going on in our lives. All right, so that's your homework. We got the homework out of the way here. So the homework for next week is simply once again, Take that place in your own lives where something isn't quite going the way you want it to be or something you want to be, be enhanced, some positive change you want to make. If you haven't already, write down your current beliefs about them, right? And a lot of these you might even think of the beliefs from your parents. Maybe they've passed them along to you. The beliefs of what you hear on TV or newspapers or radio. The beliefs of the media. The beliefs kind of of just what we believe as humans, you know? As I get old, things start falling apart. You know, beliefs like that. Whatever it might be, write those down and then try to find statements of what you would prefer to believe, and try to make them statements that really engender in you a feeling of acceptance, a feeling of power, a feeling as though you already had that which you wish to receive. So if it's health that you want, feelings that just feel healthy and vibrant. If it's love that you want to experience, ideas and thought patterns that just by saying them make you feel lovable and irresistible. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so that's your homework for this coming week. All right. So we talked about what the doctor prescribed to me in terms of medical treatment. Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes, introduces the idea of a spiritual mind treatment. And really what it is, is no more than reversing, if you will, or finding these contrasting ideas of what we want to experience and put them in a prayer form. And here's, here's what he says about the idea of a spiritual or a mind treatment. He says a treatment is a statement in the law, and the law being simply the fact that our thoughts become things. So that's what he means when he says the law. A treatment is a statement in the law embodying the concrete idea of our desires and accompanied by an unqualified faith, that's that powerful feeling, that the law works for us as we work with it. Let us waste no further time looking for the secret of success or the key to happiness. Already the door is open, and whosoever may enter. The more power one gives to his thought, the more completely we believe that our thoughts have power, the more power they have. Now I want to back up for just a second. He also says, right in the middle there, An unqualified faith that the law works for us as we work with it, right? Here's the other complaint I get sometimes is, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've done affirmations and prayer work around uh, a new love interest in my life, and no one showed up yet. I've been praying about this for six, eight, ten months now, really changed my thoughts to be more loving, but you know, I sit home night after night after night and I'm still alone. You see the problem with this, right? God is working through us. And if it's love that we want, hey, 
we probably need to be hot with people, right? If, it, if it's abundance that we want, we probably need to be focused not only on our thoughts of abundance, but hey, we have hands. We can show up in the world in ways that promote abundance as well. If it's peace in our life, you know, being in arguments every day with family members, this is not the way to handle this. We are the most powerful instrument of God at work in our own lives right now. Now, absolutely, do I believe that the external world changes as well? Completely. My life, since I have really started studying the science of the mind, is fundamentally different than it used to be. And I tell you, all in wonderful and good ways. But I also will tell you that it requires me occasionally to get up out of the chair. This isn't, this isn't simply just a philosophy and a way of life that's all mental. It starts with our mind, yes, but we absolutely are also an agent of this beautiful thing that we call God. So where I'd like to close today simply is a summary of what it does so what the science of mind does, what God does, is to respond to our beliefs. It is consistent, impartial, and absolutely unwavering. It also responds to the emotional intensity, if you will, our ability to embody, to really closely feel thoughts as well. And so thoughts that are just kind of flat or fleeting, you know, they exist, but their creative potential, if you will, seems a little bit less to me. If our thoughts have a good emotional charge to them, yes, I can do that. That does describe me. I can accept that. It feels good when I hear someone say that. Those are the kind of thoughts that will outpicture almost irresistibly. Finally, I simply want to leave you with the thought that we can change. We change our mind all the time. And what I know is, with the ability to change our mind, coupled with just a little bit of creativity and discipline, right? A little bit of discipline to not just let any old thought circle around in our life, but to put a stop to the thoughts that are unproductive, the thoughts that maybe have got us into a pickle already, put a stop to those and have just a little more discipline and creativity around what thoughts would suit me better. What thoughts, what thought patterns, what beliefs, what ways of doing, what ways that I might act out some of these thoughts in the world, which of these might serve me better? This is the power of the science of mind, and I am so very grateful to be here with you today to talk about it. So uh, we're going to do our closing prayer here. And as well, I would like to us to observe just a moment of silence for what's going on in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So let's just bow our heads for a moment of silence, and then I'll, I'll close this discussion with prayer. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It truly is this thing called God, and what I know is that God is all-wise, all-powerful, ever-present. And because this is true, I know that God is in every person, every place, every situation, everything. God is in Haiti right now. God is in this room. God is and does completely. 
As this is true in general, I know it means me. I know that my life is full of God's power, even as God is love, even as God is purpose, even as God is joy and peace and abundance and all good things. So I know these are available to me as part of God's creation. I know it for me, and I know that it's true for each person in this room, that each person here is full of good. That each person here has that ability to cultivate their own thoughts in such a way that anything that isn't going well for them is simply released easily and effortlessly. That each person here has that ability, A, for awareness of the thoughts they're having around the issues that happen in their lives, and B, can consciously choose in a gentle and easy and loving way to have different thoughts. And that these thoughts are even more powerful, that there's even more emotion and ability to receive, that there's even even more sense of having that which is desired. This is the truth that I know for each person in this room, that each person here is a manifestation of the one power and that our simple ideas that we have of good, of life, of perfection, of wholeness, of love and peace out picture easily. And so I'm grateful for this awareness, so grateful to be here in the presence of God as it takes the form of each person in this room. I simply let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you very much. Thank you.